If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in Pod Studio One in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We got a great show for you today at the table, as always. Sitting with me to my right, this best part of my life right here. Oh, this, wow. This is 30 minutes that we, 25 really minutes, beautiful. A, a car ride to work and a car ride home. <laughs> so it's the best part of my life. It's, to the right, the, the founder and CEO of the GOAT family of brands, uh, the guy that created the brand itself, that's the new brand that's sitting right behind us. The GOAT empire. Tyler Burnett, Murfreesboro's own punt, pass, and kick champion. <laughs> Glad to be here. We're glad you're here. And the calming force, the, they call him the LinkedIn Whisperer. He's got connections all over the world because of LinkedIn. He knows so much because of the Google. We're glad you're with us today. Wearing a T-shirt that says, what is that? That's, that state's Kentucky? It is Kentucky. I'll tell you two things about Kentucky. Number one, in Kentucky, tobacco is a vegetable. Hmm. <laughs> and when I lived in Richmond, Kentucky, there was Jeez, a guy that said— start over? Carl, start over. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy that said, you're in Eastern Kentucky. I said, yeah. He said, you know, there was a comedian in the 80s that said, when the world ends, I hope I don't. I hope I hope end up in yeah. Richmond, Kentucky, because they won't find out about it until 20 years later. What a great place to start your career. We're glad you're with us today. Love the T-shirt. I know you're a fan of bourbon. Go ahead and share with our audience what you think is the greatest bourbon on the planet. I'll let you say that oh, while wow. I get myself collected and ready. Wow. Well, you, well, I'm not going to steal this from you, but I wore this specifically today. This is a Valentine's special episode. Uh-huh. And it would be obviously very easy for us to share about our wives, nod to the wives. They're awesome. We're in love with them. We're, you know, that's, you know, it's very easy to share about them, but not but. And let me say it that way. Oh, I see you've gone to your counselor lately. Very my <laughs> my love, aside from my wife and my uh-huh. kids, I'm supposed to say that, would be bourbon. Okay. Hence really? the shirt. <laughs> okay. Bourbon on here. Uh, one, gosh, so many. That's such a hard question uh, to ask me. I mean, a, a couple episodes ago, I did name a goat bourbon, which I'm not going to say because you got to go back and listen to it. Make I think them, it was the New Year's New Year's episode. <laughs> I know that we had an experience at, at a rush at a fine dining establishment one time around Pappy's. So we I, did. That's a good one. <laughs> I think that Blanton's was, is a is a favorite. favorite. Um, what is different about Blanton's versus oh, you gosh. know a thirty dollar? Yeah, the prestige, is it just smooth, the bottle, smooth? the aging process. or sounds a it lot is, of good. It's kind of like relationships. I, I, I don't drink bourbon. Ding. <laughs> Ding. I don't drink bourbon often, but uh, but when I do, I do it with John Byers. We're excited that you're here today. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time and all the things that you do. We're, we're more than a podcast. We're a quick cast. We're a car ride to work and a, and a car ride home. we got a great show for you today. Mm. We serve it up, number one, in a way that you can get it. We're a lot like Waffle House and that big bottle of syrup that's sitting right there in front of you. Stick. At, at the table, we, we serve like it up with sticks. That's right. We we, uh, we operate around a frame of 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and we got it all the table. We got Tyler in the 30s, uh, John in the 40s, and I'm, I'm right there sitting at 50, 
In our 20s, they teach us to get in. 30s, move up. 40s, got to stay in because those 30-year-olds are so damn good. In our 50s, we say, what is it that I really want? And what we want you to do, I'm sitting there staring at that computer screen. What I want you to do. I wish it was on. What, what I want you to do is think about this today. What is it that you really want? When you're spending the 25 minutes with us today, we're going to take one simple idea and break it down and, and ask yourself, what is it that you really want out of your business, out of your life, and out of your relationships? And all that culminates with thing, this thing called the GOAT, which is that brand that's right behind us, that beautiful simple, brand. compelling, and iconic brand. It's a beautiful brand. And they're easy to spot in sports. We talked about them on a couple episodes ago. We talk about them every time. Tom Brady, the list goes on and on. But a goat in sports is easy to see. It's the person that's recognized for their contribution, Mm -hmm. their greatness, their ability to help everyone around them rise to the occasion, elevate. And that's in sports. In business, it's how they compete on perspective, unique perspective, education, experience. Mm. What they do gives them energy. It gives other people energy. It creates new levels of challenge, but also for everyone around them, new levels of opportunity, Mm -hmm. which simply and 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 beautifully speaks to everybody in this room and what we do, I think, for other people. So today's topic, I think, is a very complex, but also yet very pure and simple idea, and that's why does trust matter? Now, why would that be the topic on our special Valentine's episode? Well, Valentine's was yesterday, by the way. This drops on the 15th of February. That's right. Well, just real quick, just share with the audience, what did you do on Valentine's Day? (laughs) Well, uh, I'm glad you asked. We we went to a Drew and Ellie Holcomb concert at the Ryman. We've already got tickets for that. That happens in a couple weeks. So you thought you were going to throw me under the bus there? It's already planned out. So so we you got, got tickets it. for all of us, right? No. Oh, okay. That's not okay. what you do on Valentine's. Well, well, I'll, I'll put it back at you, and I'm glad I'm glad you had a great Valentine's Day. I, I feel like Music's I happening again. It's <laughs> not canceled. Love's not canceled. I feel like I haven't had it yet. But you answer that question. That's, that's more in... In your realm, what does trust have to do with Valentine's Day? Why don't you tell the audience? I know you're going to talk about this, and and this was your wording, but you you said something the other day about, you know, why does trust matter? And and you said, because we ask people to do hard things. Yes. And as I thought about trust, you know, why would that be the topic around this Valentine's episode. And I thought, because trust is, Valentine's is about relationships. Trust is the foundation of any and all relationships. Yeah, being married is hard. Having kids is hard. The hardest thing we'll ever do, Yeah, right? And and maybe the most valuable. I, I heard it the other day. Somebody said, trust fuels travel. Ooh. And life, and and this that was all it said. But I thought, wow, it's powerful because I any, think Mel would like that. I think he would. Uh, what anywhere, does that mean? Yeah, you know, I don't know that I can clearly define it, but I thought there's so much good in it about however we want to get somewhere. Mm, okay, I see. Right, yeah. like the maybe tr- Kentucky, the trust, the bourbon, right? The, trust fuels travel. Trust fuels travel. Trust fuels travel. You it, know, Simon Sinek defines. Love and and obviously, well, we'll talk more about this. But I'll go ahead and give you his definition of love. He says, uh, "Love is giving someone the power to destroy you and trusting they won't use it." What does that mean to a thirty-year-old? <laughs> he's, he's, 
<laughs> he's mind blown. Mind blown. That's an incredible statement. He's, he's taking it all in. That, that, that's what real trust is, though. I mean, I agree with that definition. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, if you look back at the relationships that you've had, say it one more time. Simon Sinek said uh, his definition of love is giving someone the power to destroy you and trusting they won't use it. Sounds like the way that your dad trained you. <laughs> you can't talk about love without trust, and you can't talk about trust without yes. without love, right? Yeah. You can't talk about one without the other. Even in his definition of love, he talks about trust. Golly, I mean. He's still soaking it, it all in. Uh, yeah, it's so powerful, though. It really is, because that is the true definition. It, it's a great pl- place to to think about the intersection of trust and and Valentine's Day and why we celebrate Valentine's Day. But I do think we make why does trust matter? We make it more complex than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. If you ask people why trust matters, they'll get into well, you gotta you gotta have motivation, and to be motivated, they've got to have the kind of trusting relationship. I have to trust you. You have to trust me. We have to trust each other. You have to trust the process. Right when, if you really get it down to its most simple terms, the things that you ask your people every day when they get there at your shop at six thirty a.m. and go out into the world and work for ten hours, fifteen hours a day, whatever it may be, the the multitude of um, tasks and locations and technology and equipment, the effort, the discipline, the distraction the blurriness, all those things, the fast pace, all those things add up to one thing. What you ask your people to do on a daily basis is hard. Yeah. And if you ask people to do hard things and you don't have trust as part of that recipe, then the hard things that they do, they will not do them well. What is the one thing you say when you ask, uh, is that person a leader? I mean, the first thing is, can I trust them? I mean, so a leader is trust and, and, and trust will get people in the boat. And I love what you just what you just said about truth is simple. And, and I wrote it like this. The problem with so many things too often is that we chase complexity instead of just enjoying simplicity. Why do we do that? Well, and I, I don't know the answer. I mean, look at your shirt. It's it's a nice color blue. It feels it's gray. incredible. It says bourbon. What else do you need to know? If you go to Kentucky, you're going to do what? You're gonna you're gonna enjoy some bourbon. <laughs> yes, but why? Do, seriously, why do we do, why do we make the the simple complex? I don't know, and and maybe sometimes I, as I thought about that, and and that sentence evolved as I wrote that down. I thought it doesn't mean truth isn't hard. Yeah, right. Because well, sometimes being honest, we can equate to to being unkind, and that's not true at all. In fact, I would say trust, truth, is honest, right? But it doesn't mean it's not hard. It's very simple. It's when we start bending the truth or lying, we could just call it that, when life gets complex. And yet somehow we chase the complexity at times and not just be honest or be or tell the truth. What's that saying? Keep it simple, stupid? Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm I'm sometimes a little of both, both simple and stupid. So let's, let's share some goats. Yeah. I'll let you go first. <laughs> He's trying to put it on you. <laughs> well, this 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 person has come up before in our episode, not as a goat, uh, but I will say my goat Mel. is is Mr. Miyagi. Ooh. So uh, paint the fence. Yeah, I mean, Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi, and in the moment we've talked about before, probably one of the greatest moments in any, certainly for me, any 
theatrical movie, anything that's ever exists at the end when Daniel asks him, hey, do you think I could have won? This is when he thinks he's not going to compete. So that listen to one of the other episodes. It's in uh, yeah. the, the GOAT archives. <laughs> You'll have to go back. Way YouTube, deep. Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's this, this. Different brand. So, but this is not about that. This is about when Miyagi asks LaRusso, do you want to learn karate? And yeah. LaRusso says, well, yeah. He says, okay, be here tomorrow next time. And he gets there, and he asks him to paint the fence. Mm-hmm. And then after he's done, he asks him to clean the garage and then clean, wax the car, right? We all know the, the line, wax on, wax off, right? Like, yes. we know those things. And when you think about that, you think, what is he doing? Like he's not teaching him karate and, and Daniel gets frustrated, right? But what he's doing is he's building trust along the way for something he's going to get to later on. And then eventually it all connects when he starts actually showing him karate and how much all of that played into it. But it took that trust, that building of that relationship for him to get to where he did at the very end. And, and the reason, the whole culmination of the movie, when he asked Miyagi, do you think I could have won? His answer, the what he was looking for from him, was built on that very first day when he said paint the fence, when he felt like it never mattered, and it mattered more than anything. Apply that idea, wax on, wax off, paint the fence. Apply that to somebody that's that's 40 years old, that's survived through COVID and this pandemic, and that's at a pivotal moment in their life where they've got to make some decisions about what to do next, about their career, about how to build relationships. What What is the take? What's the practical takeaway for Paint the Fence? Well, I mean, I, I would say what you're doing in the moments where it feels insignificant really matters in relationships for building trust. And in the same way that LaRusso came to learn what he thought in his head was karate and started painting a fence, how that looks like to us today is the moments that we wake up. We talked about habits, right? The habits we create in relationships, I think, fuels the travel for where we're going in those relationships. I mean, just a practical takeaway I wrote for today and, and Maybe you can help apply this to what you just asked, but mm-hmm. here's what I here's how I wrote it. We have much more to gain when leading in relationships with trust. I think somebody put it like this one time, having an opening bid of trust in relationships. So being open to to actually trusting someone instead of being the practice cynic that our society or civilization creates us to be, to be yeah. cynical. Open the bid with trust. You know, so I'll go. I'll go right into my goat, okay. and it's going to be my old man. And the more I think about of him before, yeah, and, and uh, he's a big part of the reason why I am who I am today. But one of the things that you said is <clears throat> he taught me throughout when it was whether it was you know getting me a lawnmower for my fifteenth birthday and mm-hmm. teaching me to go cut grass so that I could pay for you know Sonic where we used to hang out as kids well if you're going to go to Sonic with your buddies you're going to pay for it yeah and if you're going to drive this truck you're going to pay for the insurance you're going to pay for the gas and and all those all those lessons i think he was it was obviously love but it was habits he was trying to create the right habits in me to go be a man and have the rhythm and the grind and the preparation mm-hmm. and the dependability he showed that in in me and he didn't have to do that 
And no. in fact, I've heard you talk about your relationship with your dad and, and then his relationships, and, and he didn't have that as part of his life, per se, the way that he intentionally built it within you. Yeah, he just didn't have a, a loving relationship with his father, and he just said that he was going to make it his determination to to be the opposite of that. Yeah. And it would have been easier for him to not get up early mornings to go do those things with you, right? But oh, it, man. I, I remember one time specifically across from the old hospital. Do you remember the baseball field that was there? Yeah. And uh, it was 27 degrees, <laughs> and this was back in probably the late 90s. And bubble jackets were a big deal then. And uh, we were out there. I don't know what that is? You don't know what a bubble jacket I think is? I did. Yeah, the yeah. jackets that look like, like layered, you were the Michelin, Michelin Man. man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And All so right. uh, we were out there. Just I mean, I'm thinking, why is this man got me out there at 12 years old and 27 degrees, taking ground balls and hitting me ground balls? And he's got my back to him, and it was a drill where you had to have your back to the person hitting the ball, and mm. when you heard the ping, you had to turn around and then make a quick Jeez. reaction to the ball. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, what in the hell are we doing out here at 27 degrees? Yeah. But it was all it was all in that, that he wanted me to be the best person I could be. And part of that was the habits. It wasn't just about the end goal. It was about the habits every day to be prepared to win. Trust is the foundation. The yeah. He was telling you to wax on and wax off. You never knew. That's right. And, and you didn't, you probably didn't understand all the things that, that he was ultimately doing for you that prepares you to to where you got a football scholarship to offer to Florida I, I didn't baseball think, scholarships and all the things that you got that set the foundation for the success that you'd have later in life. I just knew that he wanted he liked to win and that I, I wanted to win too. And and for whatever reason, I never rebelled. I, I always just trusted. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know what specifically that he did. I haven't really thought a lot about it. But for some reason, I just I was in the boat with him. I yeah. trusted him. Yeah. Well, I would imagine it's it's because of the vulnerability, and you know, it's like in Jerry Maguire where he says, "I became my father's son again." Mm. Uh, I think that's a father son moment right there. When I think about um, wax on and wax off, and and paint the fence, which are are the kinds of activities that uh, Steve made Tyler go through uh, in baseball or or whatever sport it may be, you know, for a practical takeaway, I think for the audience is this is. Anytime you're doing those kinds of experiences, I think there's two questions that turn learning into action. The first question that I ask myself anytime I'm in these experiences is, number one, why is this important to me? Mm-hmm. What is it that really is the important piece to take away? And then number two, how can I use it to drive my business or life forward? And I think if you're trying to really figure out in the, those moments of wax on and wax off and paint the fence, what, what what is it that it's trying to teach you? Mm-hmm. What is that moment trying to te- teach you? And then lean into that trust of that moment of what it's trying to teach you. And I think in that moment, you'll find the trust that you're looking for. Yeah, you said, uh, you talked about vulnerability a moment ago, and, and C.S. Lewis put it like this, who's certainly a goat, by the way, but not necessarily for this episode. A very, a very deep goat. He's awesome. <laughs> uh, but he said, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Yeah. Love anything, and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. You know why? Because mm. you lead with an opening bit of trust. Yeah. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, your heart, that is, you must give it to no one, not even enamel. Wrap it up carefully around the hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up in a safe and the casket or coffin of your selfishness, but in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love 
is to be vulnerable. And when I read that recently, I, I had a new understanding for it in a way I hadn't ever before. I mean, this is an episode on relationships, the, the whole reason Valentine exists, trust. My, my, one of my boys, I'll, not, I'll keep their name, keep them nameless for this story to, to protect Match. somewhat of their innocence. <laughs> but he uh, got in trouble recently. <laughs> I can't remember what happened. Um, it's definitely bias. <laughs> and so we told him that he couldn't go to his friend's birthday sleepover. What? And he's well, parents don't tell that to kids these days. Well, you know what kids don't say to their parents that he said is he said he said no, I'm going. Oh yeah, mm. no, now kids do say that to their parents these days. And yes. I said, well, no, you're no, you're not. And he said, no, no, I'm I'm gonna go. Now, like, now I'm gonna not, change the answer about who the kid is. You're not you're not gonna keep keep me here. I said, and this was very difficult to me. It was not my idea. It was Vanessa's. So I'll just throw that out there. But she said, look. Uh, we're going to tell him you can't go, and then we're just going to let him decide. Wow. Wow. And later on, he came and said, hey, since I'm going, can you drop me off at my friend's house? I said, no. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to tell you you can't go and then drop you off. He said, okay, I'll get a ride. <laughs> so I'm leaving with some of the other kids to go grab some dinner, and his friend's mom's picking him up to take him, and he was going to a sleepover. And he calls us two hours later. It's pouring down rain. He's about a mile from the house. Pouring down rain. He says, hey, um, can you come get me? And if you can't, I'll walk home. He was miserable because he knew. Oh, he was eaten up with. He was eaten up with the fact yeah. that we gave, we empowered him and, with that trust. And he made the wrong choice. And he made the wrong choice. And he was willing to walk home in the rain. And I thought, you know what? Like, back to this opening bit of trust. Had I not had I not relinquished the control and the fact that, like, the distrust to, to control it. it, to keep him home and not trust for him to do the right thing. I couldn't have done it. That lesson that he learned in that night it's would powerful. have never been learned from both of us. And I'm not sure who learned a bigger lesson. Yeah. Boy, that's tough. I always use, I always learn all my my new dad skills. Who's up here. parenting? Yeah. Who I say it all the time. Well, I yeah. mean, we're going to just change this thing. This is not the goat consulting podcast. This is the. But controlling is not controlling. <laughs> that's, I mean, I, to your point, I think goat what, parent. I think what I took away from that is controlling does not necessarily mean control. Mm. And to have control, maybe sometimes you have to let go of control. Hundred percent. Well, let's say it this way. I think, and we can bring it back to a business perspective. And your story is a great example of this, is, is that at, in the first part of our careers, we spend that first part controlling because that's all we know how to do. Yeah. And then in the second part of our careers, we spend time engaging because we figured out that there's a difference between control yeah. and engagement. And Jerry what, at 35, mission statement, not a memo. Yeah. 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 And, and so what you did, which I don't I don't know as a as a father to son moment that I could do that, which is I think a testament to your your calmness, and you are the calming force of the show. But to to have that moment where he can learn that lesson, and and then it aided him. I think that's something that that he will remember certainly in in all the stages of his life when he thinks about how to build trust yeah. and how to connect with other people. You know, my goat. Um, did you share your goat? 
Miyagi. Miyagi, that's Come right. Come on, that my, hurts. My, well, I mean, I, I've got so much. You, you said this parenting thing, and it's just taken. I'm not even here right now. I'm sitting over. <laughs> I'm sitting in my car, and I'm thinking about all the decisions I've made and how I parented Jack over the last ten years, and I'm really beating myself up over it right now. Got so a that's, big, I've got a big data set. Of that's what's going on too. So. But but um, but my goat is Stephen Covey. He's the greatest oh, author yeah. around around uh, trust, yeah. and and he said this simple idea, and it's what will. We'll leave with our audience, and I'll get a I'll get a chance for a little feedback from you. But he said, "Trust is the glue of life," and mm. what you just explained, uh, I think, really illustrates. I mean, it, it may be even a little bit more sticky than that big bottle of syrup that's sitting right there in front of you. He said, "Trust is the glue of life," and if, and if you think about trust, and, and as we as we start to to bring the plane to the ground. The very first thing that we hope that you'll take away from today is that that what you ask your people to do, I, I don't care if it's it's Tyler's business where they're out in the elements and and they're out uh, dealing with uh, difficult places to get in and get out and all the challenges that go along with that and driving the hundreds of miles to get there or you're in John's business where you're dealing with multi-complex, faceted, uh, boardrooms of, of people that all have agendas and you're trying to navigate uh, their way and your way to a place that really puts them on the right side of risk. At the end of the day, the thing that connects us all together or me in the classroom or coaching one-on-one and building that relationship, one of the things that connects us all, all together is the work that we do is difficult. And, yeah. and the difficulty is what makes it rewarding, right? I mean, you love nothing more than calling me and saying, I got this new technology. I spent all weekend figuring out how to work it, and it saved us 64 minutes in the first week. That's 64 <laughs> yeah. minutes that I can turn That's into awesome. other money, you know? Well, I mean, the one thing we don't have in a, um, we have a finite amount of is time. Yep. Well, and so. what we're doing in all of those examples, right, whether it's a system or, a, or an employee that works with us or a, a leader in our organization or our spouse or our kids, is we are constantly asking people to trust us. Yeah. And the next level of that, if we really think about it, at whatever level, whether you're a quarterback asking your receiver to be somewhere where I'm going to put the ball or the receiver expecting the quarterback to put it somewhere or the dry cleaners to bring your shirt back and not somebody else's, right? <laughs> we are constantly asking <laughs> for trust. And in a little way, at whatever level, because there's different levels of trust, the higher the stakes, the greater the level, whether, you know, if you're at a T-ball game, that level of trust as a quarterback is different than what Tom Brady's going to experience here, or maybe when this airs, what he just experienced in the Super Bowl. We're asking, we're asking people to trust us, and in a little way, whatever the level, or a great way, we're asking for their love. And that is the foundation of relationships, and that's why this is our Valentine's special. Well, and I like the way that you said it, and we'll leave it right here. What you said in our in our pre-meeting, in our pre-planning meeting, was that we're asking people for their love in a little or big way. Mm-hmm. And on Valentine's Day, for all of you that are out there, maybe you're in the early stages of a, a relationship. Maybe you're in a relationship where you've been in it for a while. Maybe you're married. But remember this, you're asking for their love in a little or big way. And for Tyler and John, two people that I have much love for, and Carl, who I love because he makes this so easy, uh, we appreciate you being here. And this is the the special Valentine's Day episode of the Go Consulting Podcast. Boom. Boom.